thing is so you can hear yourself. Okay. And it, it helps us not talk time. over each other. But if, if I see how I got a little bit further back, yeah, that's going to, you know, you just want to stay consistent so you can move this around. You can move it here and, and lean forward. If you need to tilt it up or down, you just do what. So, yeah, Flavio Kenup here with uh, also Caleb Plank, my, uh, my instructor, coach, longtime friend. Glad to have you guys over. So, um, what brings you to Arkansas, Flavio? Uh, first thing, uh, thank you for the opportunity to be here and uh, talk with you. So that's my first stop after being so long time out of the United States. You know, we spent time in Abu Dhabi and uh, Thailand, Russia. So coming here to visit my good friend Caleb, you know, for a while. So to see his students, uh, get some chuck from him. So have fun. Excellent, excellent. I'm looking forward to uh, getting to train with you after the podcast today. Uh, you're you're going to do a private lesson with my wife and one of my students, and uh, they're both pumped about it. They've been texting about it today. So uh, I'm excited to have you back in. It's been uh, about five years since I got to train with you. Um, and I, I feel like there were, t there were two different times that, that you had him in that, that we got to – I got to go to your, either your seminar or a black, uh, when we had the team camp. So, yeah. but the black belt conference, and then he was in before that just to hang out and train. Yeah, as soon as I heard you were coming, I texted Caleb and I was like, "I, is there any way we can do a seminar?" And I'm really looking forward to it, man. So uh, I, th we're, I think we're gonna have a pretty good turnout. Uh, Mr. Drink's coming in tonight, is he not? He's gonna try to with the weather. He said they got some. It is a little tricky. I, I was supposed to teach my very first college class today, and uh, they canceled the first two hours of class. So I, I went down there and made some copies, but there was virtually no ice on the roads at all. That's yeah. why I was texting you. I figured you being up in the mountains would get something but no. fortunately no i was kind of worried that you guys because drink called me being like what are, oh, you, yeah. what are you gonna do if it <laughs> he if called it me snows. too he's like man it's supposed to get bad i was like yeah i don't think it's going to but we're still i think know. enough in the valley that um we, we don't get a lot of horrible weather but uh you know sometimes we get it when clarksville doesn't too right it's interesting yeah. <laughs> so uh you mentioned uh so i think uh last time i'd kind of been keeping uh, kept up with you or found anything online about you like 2014 uh and like i said i, I trained with you in 2012 what have you uh you mentioned that you've been to thailand russia uh have you been training teaching what what have you been doing the last three or four years yeah i've been spend more time with teaching you know teaching kids adults and uh military program in abu dhabi and uh yeah i've been working a lot this last five years in abu dhabi so the program jiu-jitsu there is growing so much today you have more than 500 black belts there wow. so it's uh 80 let's say 90 percent brazilian you know but the nice point is like they start start hiring other codes different uh, different countries like canada us australia you know uh italy so it's very very nice they just just not looking for brazilian so it's growing so fast jiu-jitsu in abu dhabi 
Nice. Uh, so I remember reading a couple years ago, uh, I think the world's largest jiu-jitsu class, 3,000 people or something like that. Were you uh, were you around in OBW when that took place? Yes, yes. Were, were you teaching at that class? Yes, I was there in the class, and uh, we had a two-days class for that, and one was like just training the students for that happens with 50% of the the students and then they the day was like big big number from the for the students for the coach there around so it was like a lot of work but you know it was fun in the end to have everybody with jujitsu gi and uh do some jujitsu skills there so we reached the goal there nice that's got to be something amazing to be a part of do you remember that the world's largest jiu-jitsu class three thousand yeah participants. it's like it was a thing that made no sense it was like three thousand people how is anybody gonna hear what's going uh, on you yeah so many you would have had to, it would have had to have been a big camp so many instructors yeah. would have would have had to be involved but that I, I mean logistically i can imagine it was a it was an undertaking yeah i but struggle organizing a class of like 50 people <laughs> I, I know, I know. I feel the same way it's with 25 people. <laughs> so, well, that's awesome. I was wanting to ask you about that because uh, I, I, I remember thinking about you because I, I knew that you had uh, that you had taught in Abu Dhabi, and it, I seemed like last time you left the camp, that's where uh, that's where you said that you were headed. How did, how did you get connected to that part of the world? What's your did you just um, travel there one day? What's what's the backstory? No, like I was in. Jiu-Jitsu started in Abu Dhabi for uh, more than 15 years ago, eight, 18 years ago. So everything started with the Sheikh Tahnu in California. He got a class and I jumped in the class and I started learning Jiu-Jitsu and like keep doing Jiu-Jitsu until today. So the Emirates guys, they like so much uh, sports, especially uh, wrestling, fight, stuff like that. So, and then uh, the team called in Brazil, Brazilian top team. They have some coach contact with uh, the Sheikh in Abu Dhabi. They invited that uh, that coach to go to Abu Dhabi, uh, Murilo Bustamante, I think by the time, Oliborio. So they called and they come to my country and uh, let's. Uh, teach for the military here so then they they do a rotate coach there for six coach each coach teach four months three months and come back to brazil so then uh, my first boss there lived today in utah carlos santos so he he went to abu dhabi and uh, teach for three months and then come back to Brazil, and then another year, three more months, and then he decided, man, I think I want to stay here longer. So he stayed six months, year, then introduced the jiu-jitsu for the Sheikh son, Mohammed, and uh, then he started everything because the boy was, by the time was 12 years old, he just played video game, and I uh, stay in his, his room alone and uh, did a contact with uh, any other sport besides soccer. So Carlos had a chance to t teach him, and he likes jiu-jitsu the way he taught him. And uh, he became very active and lose weight, 
by the time and uh, the the king said Sheikh Mohammed said if it's good for my son it's gonna be good for my people so I want to tomorrow start jujitsu in the school and say oh my gosh I you know how can I start jujitsu in the public school so I have to bring coach you know buy uniforms jujitsu mat was like a day after you know then he started hiring coach so then i had a uh, contact with him and he invited me flavio you want to come to abu dhabi so teach jiu-jitsu here i said i like travel you know i i like to have different experience and by the time i was single and uh, you know just me and my gi i say why not let's let's jump on that you know so and at that everything starts for me there in abu dhabi that's all that's awesome the so it kind of sounds like uh in abu dhabi they they kind of took a similar route as the united states in the 90s with because the gracies that was one of the first things they started doing is working with the u.s military and um sim also with uh judo in japan integrating with the uh, public schools in the 1890s i agree yes. yeah that's interesting uh, i have a a history degree and I, I wrote my master's thesis on those topics mm -hmm. so uh it's uh, i'm always fascinated by looking at the you know the history behind the art and s not just as a practitioner but is you know with with some critical thinking and, and an analytical eye behind it so i'm always fascinated by the history <coughs> so what what was your first year that you went to abu dhabi was in 2000 2009 2010 yeah was my first time there and that was the second group there in abu dhabi the first group it was 12 people and then after 45 people that's i get in that group with total no more than 60 coach you know we live just in abu dhabi city we work there jiu-jitsu was very small so very delicate the way to teach them because we have to break so much walls to get where you are today it's still new but we we break so much walls like culture and uh to contact with other guy because they by the time they just knew soccer so then even okay they watch do wrestling this but it's it's small very small 10 people for the country so to bring that for someone cannot imagine okay today i have to train jiu-jitsu and uh, it's a mandatory in the schools that's one of the thing it's not something you choose i want to do jiu-jitsu no it's a mandatory it's like geography story or they have to if they are not doing well, like they're gonna fail. So that's that, that's nice. true, you know. So lucky kids. yeah, look in the end, it's a lucky kids, you know, because to have that, you know, the best coach, you know, right there, move and teach just for them was amazing. But we need, like I spoke before uh, with Caleb, so we need really careful to show the position even full guard so uh eight years ago 
<laughs> no way I could, you know, oh, guys, I'm going to teach you full guard. So they got laughing that. So I, we need to adapt how to pull guard, how to, we cannot close the guard. If you close the guard, let's, you know, explain better why. So it was very, very hard. And uh, by the time we didn't have the girl in the Gelsi schools, so the first time after two years there in 2012, then they put a jiu-jitsu in schools for the girls too. And the first tournament, I remember in the girls, so even the king didn't go to watch, was not allowed for him to watch the girls to compete. So even the news could not take a picture. So everybody was excited to see, oh, how was the tournament for the girls? But no pictures, nothing, you know, like, but today you go to the tournaments or you go for the federation to train. You can see the girls there training with the boys. You work in the tournament for the girls. You know, you help them. They help you. So it's uh, beyond the only jiu-jitsu, you know. We break so many walls for jiu-jitsu to be around Abu Dhabi or the federation grows so fast because of us, you know, was like a really, really hard work, you know, many coaches. And by the time we give up, you know, said, no, I have, I go back to my country because it's very hard to teach them, you know. So, but it's still work, it's still have to put more, more things there. So only the beginning, you know, so for jiu-jitsu in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, that's uh, fascinating. Uh, what, what? So you're teaching jujitsu in the public schools. What's a class in public schools? I mean, how, do you do you do it any different than you're doing an adult class in a jujitsu academy? I mean, how do you approach doing that? So first thing is uh, the difference in the schools is the student for they are lucky to have jujitsu in schools, but also if you don't like it. So I don't want to do jiu-jitsu. So you have to be more than only teach the techniques and to be their coach. You have to motivate them. You have to convince them why you don't want to train. Your family, why? You, because you have, that's the point. It's not only the kids, it's the family. A 50 years ago, that country was nothing, you know? Yeah. Like nothing. Everybody working the... Uh, fish markets so one day explode and you know the petrol is there everybody get rich money these that nice cars these so them parents they didn't have a chance to do any activity sports because the country doesn't help because it's very hot so they didn't have financial to put money to build the stage on that by the time so was it's very hard for to convince the parents what is jiu-jitsu mean? It's more than fight. Why? To protect themselves, to get in shape. So to travel around the world to compete, to meet different people, to learn different language. That's jiu-jitsu in Abu Dhabi's mean. Some kids they never travel to more than a hundred kilometers. So some kids today, they travel more than me around the world with jiu-jitsu. They go to Brazil. They make friends. They speak Portuguese a little bit. 
So they, they make friends, they go every year. So it's uh, to teach in the, in the, the, the difference is teaching school, to teach in the academy. So you have, that's the first point. You have to convince them why they are there to train jiu-jitsu, why they choose jiu-jitsu, not soccer, not judo. So you have to, you have to speak a little bit the language then. Like I'm not saying you have to speak there, but you have to get involved with them, do some things they do for them to come and do the things you do. So you mentioned uh, tournaments and and the sport. Do you do you, and you also mentioned kind of self defense and talking with the parents. Do you do you balance that when you're teaching them in the class? Do you do you come with a, a, a kind of a multiple perspective on sport self defense with jujitsu or how do you approach that? You mean like in school? Mm -hmm. So yes, well, um, I remember my first time. One of the. F uh, very fun things I had there. Like, as soon as I got my first time in Abu Dhabi, I, I met the police guy. He, to get a driver's license there is very hard. You know, take like four months to get a driver's license there. So I met that police guy, and uh, he said, I can help you, you know, like to put in the right way to get the license fast. I know you guys need it. So we spent all night with them and uh, because they want to know about jiu-jitsu. So what you guys doing? What's jiu-jitsu mean? You know, like, tell me. So we are in the floor in the street, you know, and uh, teach some self-defense for them, teach some techniques. So we started doing stuff like that. In school, for example, we doing self-defense for especially grade 9, 14 years old, 15 years old. That's the area more interesting to get involved with jiu-jitsu. That's the first thing because they don't want 15 years old, 16 years old there. They want to drive a car, you know, and uh, race. That's they want to do it. They have the money already, so they don't want to spend time and train jiu-jitsu. So, but they have to. What they what we start to doing is uh, self-defense with them. How to protect yourself in the street? Kick, punch, and then we put on the floor. Then we start bringing jiu-jitsu in. With the kids, it's different. So then uh, then we already put jiu-jitsu on the floor with them. They enjoy. They like it. They play. So it's different approach with different age the kids that's uh that's that's awesome i mean it's it's cool to hear the what's going on over there uh, and i mean i've only i've never traveled the middle east but i've only seen pictures what uh what is what's what's the city like over there i mean I, it's it's from what i see it's beautiful yeah like uh today yeah today you can have idea dubai it's like new york you know it's a big city, you know, englobe all countries, you know, everybody from Brazil, from Spain, Japan, everybody goes to Dubai for work, for travel. Abu Dhabi is the same. It's the capital from Emirates, you know, and uh, you have some some things you need careful, you know, you you for example, you go to the 
hotels or go to shopping malls, especially uh, women, they, you know, make sure they dress, they put up uh, jackets or, you know, like uh, pants. They don't use uh, shorts or stuff like that. They, they have uh, little rules still in the country, you know, but like I'm saying, how they receive so many people around the world, so many people coming for tourists or for living there. So it's open today. So, of course, some cities like call Alain, it's more reserved. So you see more local people live there. It's different. Then you can brief the how people live uh, 20 years ago. It's completely different. Not a big building. So, but Abu Dhabi and uh, Dubai, that's the biggest city there in Emirates. So it's a, today it's an international city. Yeah, we, we even at the college here in our town, we have a lot of kids that are international students that are uh, from Dubai. You remember um, the girl that I uh, got her green belt in judo? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were, uh, well, they were originally from Egypt, but they had uh, gone, to, lived in Dubai until um, I think one of the kids turned 18, and then they all uh, came over here. Mm. So, yeah, uh, so what um you know i i kind of ran into you uh training with some people that i perceive to be legends of the sport legends of the art uh hobson mora rodrigo fejao um what uh who, who are some people that you've trained with over the years that uh that have been an influence on you and you know what's kind of your background on training what's your story with jiu-jitsu yeah i started jiu-jitsu with i was 12 years old and uh yeah was in my hometown, Teresopolis, very small town. By the time it was Jiu-Jitsu just was in Rio de Janeiro. So Sao Paulo, no Jiu-Jitsu, uh, North Brazil, South Brazil, no Jiu-Jitsu, only Rio de Janeiro. So in my city had that, that academy called Serrana. So my mom put me there, I was 12 years old. Then uh, just to be active, you know, and... Uh, learn some self-defense, and then I I like it, you know, keep going for the tournaments, get 15, 16, get more involved, helping the class, and uh, I never stop. So after, after that time, probably I stopped for three, four years when I start going to school, to the college, to get my degree PE uh, education, so, but always be involved with jiu-jitsu. So I had a chance to to be on a mat with Holly Gracie. So I had a chance to be on a mat with, uh, that's one of my, uh, the guy I really like it, you know, like he lives in New York today, but uh, he's, you know, amazing jiu-jitsu. His name is Adilson Jukon. He's in New York. He run academy there. He's the the first coach from Robson Moura, the first coach from Rodrigo Feijão. You know, he made so many world champion. You know, he was coach also Leonardo Santos. You know, like big name UFC today. So, and uh, I had a chance to to learn from him. You know, to learn from these guys like 
inspired me on the match, you know, and uh, until today, you know, my first coach is just going to get uh, his red belt this year, Elias Martins, you know, to have a chance. I remember perfectly, I was 14, 15, go to his academy and uh, training, and uh, I couldn't. Today I go back to my city and, you know, see him to to the red belt. I can't, man, I, I, I can't imagine, you know, like, I get my black belt, I'm here with you, you know. Like, I, w the point is, when you, uh, uh, 25 years when jiu-jitsu, people start on jiu-jitsu, they could imagine, like, jiu-jitsu going more than 300 kilometers from here, go to Sao Paulo, go to North, go to South Brazil. Nobody think about that. Nobody imagine, like, nah, that's just, you know, a, sport, a little sport and start growing. Then go to Sao Paulo with Fabio Gorgel, you know. Then go to South with uh, Zemar Spear. So, and then come to United States, you know. So I remember one of the things I was probably 19 or 20. First time Hobson was here in United States. He was 21 years old. So... It's really funny. We had that. We training, and uh, after the training, we had that party. You know, to okay, you go to United States. You know, so that's a big thing. You know, you're, you're gonna travel. You're gonna international. It's a little boy, 20 years old. You know, so jujitsu is still new here, 16 years old. So he's supposed to stay here for. I remember he's supposed to stay here for a week or two weeks. Then he stayed just for a weekend. He said, no, I didn't like it. I didn't understand anybody, so I want to go back to my home. So he come back to, to, to Brazil after three days, you know. He did some class, and I come back to Brazil because we didn't have that vision. Jiu-Jitsu is going to be around the world. So that, that's the thing that's, you know, like, was just a sport for us. We just like to roll on the match, just to spend time with friends, training for three, training four hours. But the one thing I remember that is the same way the one guy today want to be a champion, black belt champion, brown belt or purple belt, we are hungry for the same way. We wake up very early to train. We spend the hours to do the technique you want. Go back to the gym, train again, spend time on the match. Go back at night, train again, and keep going, keep going. We didn't know what you're going to achieve. We just want to be the best. We just want to be the best. So if you're going to achieve the world, if you're going to be a picture, we don't want that. But we just want to, you know, do the best techniques. And uh, we see the boys today, the way they train. Some boys, they train really hard. I say, I remember that, you know. I can, I, I briefed that before. So it's nice. <clears throat> so actually, when I, when I looked you up, I, I, I was going to just do a little bit of research. Caleb and I talked about some, some things to bring up on the podcast. Uh, but w when I Google your name, it actually it, you come up as an adventure. It, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking mm -hmm. in, in hashtag BJJ Black Belt, which uh, amazing stories, honestly, about your jiu-jitsu journey. Um, 
but uh, tell me tell me a little bit about some of these adventures. Um, I know that you've had um, a couple of uh, interesting trips. Uh, speaking of going international, what uh, what was it like traveling on your scooter? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a part of my life. You know, like uh, jujitsu brought me to that trip, and uh, that trip I bring to jujitsu. Now that uh, that time, say I you know I can combo that very easily because I had, you know, always I like to travel, you know, meet people around the world to discover, to see with my, my eyes, to, 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 to feel the cold, you know, the place. And, uh, and, uh, I had that idea to, you know, to travel to South America, but I didn't have much money. So I want to go so many places in South America. And I said, how can I go to that place? And uh, I said, the only way I can go, if it's going to be in my motorcycle, my motorcycle is very cheap, so I can save some money, I can stop in the place and visit. So I did that trip for 45 days, and then in the middle of that trip, I say, you know, I really like that. I think I'm going to maybe I'll take a year off, you know, and I'm going to do a big trip and uh, we see how it's going to be. And uh, I took a year off work with my dad by the time and I teach some class. And uh, I remember I said for my friends, hey, man, take care. They the the gym. So I'm going to be one year out. And uh, I, I spoke with my dad and uh save some cash and uh I plan to stop in some place in the United States and in Canada to do some class, you know, and uh can get some money for continue my trip. And uh I spend nine months and a half to travel for more than fifteen countries from South America, Central America until reach the Alaska and uh travel back to to Rio de Janeiro. So it was like one of the best experiences I had in my life. If I people ask me if I if you have to do that again, you do, I say maybe today, you know, I have my family, but if I'm alone, I think I, I'm doing it and I'm not gonna stop. You know? Yesterday I was talking with Caleb, you know, like I should have one RV, you know, like <laughs> go around, go around the United States just with my gear and training all over the place, you know. And uh, I remember it was was my first time in United States, I think. Yeah, it was my first time in United States. And when I got my scooter and travel, I didn't speak English at all. I studied uh, for 10 months before I start my trip. How can I reach Alaska? What's the best time to reach Alaska? And uh, and uh, how long gonna take? And uh, what I need to do? The documents, the visa, how much I gonna spend? And uh, I research all that stuff. And uh, then I start my trip. And I soon uh, get in United States. I I remember I I. When I crossed the border, there was like a big sign on my front, and I, I was like in the big freeway on the New Mexico, and uh, in the scooter in the middle of July, very hot, 
day, and uh, I say, and I, before that, I, I I stop in the immigration, and uh, the guy in the the police in the immigration said for me, stop, stop, stop. I didn't understand, you know. Like, I said, I sorry, I didn't understand, you know. And I tried to communicate with him, and he say, oh. I said for you, stop your motorcycle. Let me see your passport. I show my passport for him. And he see the visa and see my motorcycle, everything. Look and say, where are you going? And say, I'm trying to go to Alaska. <laughs> and he say, Do you, where is Alaska? I say, Alaska, Alaska, Alaska. He was think like some city close to New Mexico, <laughs> you know? Like, and uh, that's I got in the United States and uh, go to... Even I studied so much, you know, the map and everything. But uh, as soon as I got in the freeway, I remember I could drive in the freeway because my motorcycle just go fast, no more than 45 miles an Too hour. Slow. Too slow. And uh, I could ride my motorcycle there. But I didn't know if you have this highway, state roads, small roads, you know, streets i said i'm going here you know i got the map by the time i didn't like i didn't have gps and no cell phones you know and uh i said let's go keep going and i see a big trucks you know pass close to me and the people are not happy because i was very slowly and uh but after four days you know i met some guys in the roads in the gas station they tell me, man, you cannot go in this road. It's going to be danger for you. You know, I'm going to teach you about the map a little bit. You have to follow this road here, blah, blah, blah. And all that things was like, in the end, I didn't understand much because I didn't speak English, you know. Like, I I say, yes, yes, I go. And then I fell. Then <laughs> I fell. Until I met, you know, some Brazilian guys in the Jiu-Jitsu Academy. Then they, you know, hey, Come here, please help this guy here because they he doing a crazy things, you know, and that uh, he need you know to to get help a little bit. But uh, in the end, you know, the trip was amazing. I learned so much, and uh, I was you know in twenty four hours the trip. I was in good vibe, so everything's coming to me was like perfect, you know. So sometimes I stop to think, man, how can I? how I got that point, you know, how I got in that city that day, how I fixed my motorcycle and that weather, you know, like I thinking about today, I say, uh, today I not possible to do it, you know, like, and uh, drive, uh, ride for 200 miles and stop some academies just because I look in the map and I, you know, ask for, hey man, can I, you know, just train a little bit, you know, like I'm not training for a while, so I want to move my body a little bit because I'm travel. So they give him a place for train jiu-jitsu, you know, and I give him a place for sleep, you know, some place like when I tell, uh, I told them before they set up a seminars for me, you know, so it was very, very, very fun and uh, like some things, the experience I had in that that trip, I bring for jiu-jitsu, you know, like how the patient should deal with some techniques, to deal during the fights, to patient to reach the position I want, the patient to train you with the pen, 
you know, to deal with that things before I didn't, I didn't have it, you know. And so many people, they don't have it. Or sometimes they, oh, today I'm tired, today I get hurt, I'm not going to train, or they don't have a patient to learn some positions. So I have to move so slow to get to reach Alaska and come back and to have a patient to come back. So that's make me today to have so much patience when I train in jiu-jitsu, you know, to reach the techniques or everything else. For sure, for sure. It's uh, it's it's crazy how many lessons you, you cross over from jiu-jitsu to life and vice versa. It's like almost every podcast we've done, we end up talking about all the same things, jiu-jitsu, MMA, life in general, entertainment, music. <laughs> it's it's all the same topics. And, I mean, honestly, every podcast I listen to is the same way. Even uh, Joe Rogan was saying the other day that uh, they did the Fight Companion podcast over uh, the Jeremy Stevens versus uh, Choi. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're like, we might talk, talk about the fights, and uh, we might not. We might talk about other stuff. Yeah, and Eddie Bravo is on the podcast. You never know what they're gonna say, but uh, it's uh, it's inter always interesting to see where the conversation goes. Uh, awesome, awesome, uh, awesome life story you have there, sir. Um, what uh, what was it like uh, getting to train with Hobson? I mean, you've spent a significant amount of time on the mat with him. You you taught at his academy in Tampa, if uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I've got to roll with Hobson and been to several of his seminars and. Uh, purchases DVDs over the years and, and really uh, look up to him as, uh, as someone who um, has done a lot in the art. What, what was it like getting to, uh, you know, be around someone like Hobson? It's, uh, it's, it's kind of strange, you know, because, like, it's fun and it's strange because, you know, we grew up together, you know, I start in different academy, going back to when I start, I, you know, I start in different academy, me and him, we are one age different. We, I was one division heavier than him. So you always going for the same tournament. His first tournament in jiu-jitsu was my first tournament in jiu-jitsu. Nice. So was me, uh, and uh, by the time my coach put me in the same division here, some mistakes happened. So we supposed to fight two times, me and Hobson. So when you start jujitsu, when uh, me and Hobson start jujitsu, was me, Hobson, and Marcelo Pereira living in Naples today, close to Hobson, uh, black belt five degree two, and uh, the other guy from Novo Nyon too was four guys by the time it was Navun Yon. So but was four guys in that division. So is, my is Marcelo the duck? No, no, is no that that's Pato. Oh, okay. So by the time you, I supposed fight Hobson, we didn't fight because it was different brackets. So our first tournament we lost. So we didn't have a chance to fight. But uh after one year, two years we met in the tournaments, become friends, and uh, I start training with him a lot, go to his academy, train with him. I enjoy to train with him, he enjoyed to train with me, 
that time it was 15. We start to develop position, you know, and uh, that's I, one thing I tell for all the kids. Uh, be great, you know, learning everything. Be creates your game because I was in that spot. I had to create some techniques. I was 15. We create our game, our jiu-jitsu. So we grow up together, train together, help each other. We are a student together. So then our first coach moved to Brasilia, Jucão, living in New York today. He moved to Brazilian. And uh, by the time it was blue belt, purple belt. And uh, we run the academy, you know. He run the academy with the other guy and uh, keep going this. And uh, we didn't know who's following that by the time. So we go to Nogunyan, we go to Gracie Baja. Where you go? We didn't know that we had a chance to go to Gracie Baja because Carlos Gracie by the time invited us come be part of your be part of the team you know we need you guys so and uh we choose to go to Avignon. we feel comfortable there we grow keep training keep training get a black belt and then he moved to south of brazil take care about his academy then now he's in the united states for so many years teach here i work with him so that time say it's kind of funny and strange because in the end he's my brother you know like we grow together I don't have that relationship with someone know him for two years and uh, people say he's a celebrity you know he's you know how the fun of jiu-jitsu say and then I have you know sometimes I have to okay he's the how how the fun I know I have all the respect for him yes but man, he's I know this guy, you know, like yeah. he's sleeping on the floor, he's sleeping on the bed, you know, I push him, you know, like I say, hey, get out of here, I'm going to sleep, <laughs> you know, like we, in the end, we play with each other, you know, I say, lock the door and don't let him to pass the door, hey, you're going to sleep outside, you know, like, hey, so we, in the end, you know, like we are, we still, we still boys, still, you know, still play, like you guys have some friends from, you know, little and uh, it's very funny but you know and uh we have so much i have so much respect for him what he did in the sport what he's still doing for the sport he works so hard you know to get he deserve it more than this you know i'm uh, i'm i'm a kind of the person i don't know how to measure how much uh, how how much hobson no jiu-jitsu if you ask me which the best the best in the world i don't like to say you know, I prefer, I, I, I'm not going to say, you know, because I followed this the, the Hobson for so many years. You know, we are together so many years. I see so many good fights in, I have in my memory. I tell him sometimes, and he say, man, you, be, you remember that fight, Flav? I say, I remember, man. I remember Flavio because, everything you know, I remember same. one of the one of the fights I spoke with him a few months ago. I say, Hobson, remember when we were, like, blue belt, we... We traveled to Rio Janeiro to compete, and uh, you were very, very sick. He was, like, very, very sick. He was not able to compete that day. And uh, he fought one good boy from Carson Gracie, heavy than him, three times. The guy, long legs, put him in the triangle. 
like I'm to the side. He gonna pass out. He gonna tap. He's not gonna tap. He gonna pass out. I don't know how he escaped from that technique. He passed the guard and get the time the guy in the triangle and finish the fight and he say I have to go to the hospital. I have to go to the hospital. I'm very, very sick. You know, I, I remember that and I feel like man, it's the, this guy, you know, this guy here, you know, how much he did for the sport. It's not like what he did in the black belt. What he did in the black belt, I believe it was nothing that I saw. You know, he was yellow belt by the time he needed to fight to get a sponsorship for all his life by the time until his black belt. He fought one guy four times bigger than him in my town. And our coach say, man, I have him. He need a sponsorship. He's going to be the best in the world. Please believe me. The sponsorship said, okay, if he's good, he's going to be this boy here. He be the boy. So it's a kind of the relationship I have with him. It's not like I everything what he's do he's still doing for the sport as a black belt what he did when he was young you know and how much i grow with him and by the time you know like to have someone like him like rodrigo you know coach in your side you know like to have rodrigo like as a coach it's like one experience like it's amazing you know like he Every time he goes to Abu Dhabi and I was there to compete and to say, Rodrigo is here to coach me, like me feel like 50% better. So to, to have those guys with me was so much important and uh, for me to pass today for my students on the mat. You know? So I bring that every day when I'm on the mat. I bring everything I learn from those guys, from my first coach, second coach, from these guys, because I know what they did, it was something very, very important, amazing for. So it's a special, it's special to be friend of them, you know. It's really, really special for. It, it I, I can only imagine, and that that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast to just talk about some of these stories um, and, and get some background on it, just because I hold a lot of these people in high esteem. There's uh, two people I, I tell um, everyone that I've probably the most two influential people I've got to train with is uh, Rodrigo Feijão and Hickson. I mean, so I, it's, <laughs> they're right up there on the same pedestal for me in terms of <laughs> just somebody I've got to spend time on the mat with that had in way I got to spend way more time with Feijão. I've got to train with him a half a dozen times. Got to do two or three private lessons, seminars, camps. And, uh, but you just spend a short amount of time with the person, but they have such a big impact on you. It's, um, uh, John Donaher was talking about that, uh, on Joe Rogan's podcast. I don't know if you, I've, I've watched it twice. This guy is crazy. John Donaher, have you, Donaher Death Squad? He said Gary Tonin's coach and mm -hmm. Gordon Ryan. Yes, yes. Uh, he was just on Joe Rogan's podcast. And, uh, you know, he's, he's from, uh, New Zealand. So he has this kind of British accent. And okay. uh, I turned it on last night. And uh, Joe Rogan, oh, hey, so great to have you here, John Donaher. Yeah, this is so, I've been excited about this. And he's like, 
oh, thank you for having me on, Joe. <laughs> and uh, Cora was just like looked over like, who is this? And I'm like, this is a coach of savages. Yeah. And uh, I felt that way. I saw uh, Rodrigo put out a video of training um, – a lot of uh, the Nova guys at um, Gustavo Dantas' school yes, and was it Tem- Tempe, the world's camp. And uh, I was just, uh, I was jealous because I know what's uh, such a great coach that he is. And um, I really enjoyed all the time. I got to, I'm, I hit Caleb up all the time. I'm like, when are we having beans back in? Yeah. Yeah. So. To, have, to have experience to be on the match with you, these, guy, these guys, it's really, really important for, for us who breathes jiu-jitsu, you know, because these guys is 24 hours. They, they, they own the match, they training, they teach, they coach. They, that's the family. That's, you know, that's the life. That's completely life. Seven days a week, you know, training all the time, coach, take care of the boys. Rodrigo, take, you know, Rodrigo doing amazing job in Brazil today. He opened his new academy now. And uh, nice academy, beautiful. He hold more than 15 or 20 boys there in the city. So uh, the plan is to bring uh, some talents to live with him and in his town. So he goes to the tournaments in, from South North Brazil. And uh, some blue belts, they want live their life in jiu-jitsu. So he watched the video for these boys, see the curriculum, talk with the family, talk with the coach, see if they want to move, move to his, to his city. He put in some house, he rent that. So these boys live in the house and they have jiu-jitsu training, they have fitness training, they go to school and train again, fitness, everything with Rodrigo. So Rodrigo, it's, you know, he, his son just born now. It's like a little baby, but he has more than 20 around. So uh, 20 kids around. So he's sometimes people say, oh, you see this brown black belt from Novunyan is very good. But behind that, Rodrigo is doing that job for a long, long time with these kids, you know, working so hard. So it's not like, it's not only on the mat, it's outside the mat. Take care of them. Make sure if they are home, make sure if they are not going potty, you know, they make sure they are not homesick. So he's, he's a father for this, this, this generation there. So, it's really, really nice. It's more than coach, you know. He's a father for that. So it's a nice, nice job he's doing in Brazil now. I get to train with a lot of, you know, his guys and his students. You know, they come up and they stay with me and stuff. And they always, that's how they refer him to him, you know, like, that's dad. You know, they yeah. like, they watch Daniel. their weight. They're all like, I got to tell dad how much I weigh. Because, you know, I ate too much ice cream. You know, Man, I talk now. about Daniel quite a bit. Um, he was another person. Just, you know, got to spend a, a lot of time with him when he was staying with you. And he did a couple of seminars. Um, and, you know, went out with he, him and Nate a couple of times. And uh, it's just somebody, you, again, you spend a short amount of time with them. And they make a big uh, impact on your jiu-jitsu. But 
uh i'll never forget uh daniel just chasing kyle around no stupid yeah but uh yeah um who um who else was it you had in hane yeah that, Hane, yeah, yeah, I didn't get to I didn't get to train with him unfortunately, but I, I want to say that um, perhaps Cora came. Somebody we sent somebody, but I was it fights or something. Daniel, yeah, Daniel Hane. The biggest thing, like everybody, you know, that Rodrigo influences, is just the work ethic. Like that's the difference is that they work so hard, you know, and and they understand the role. Like that's the biggest thing that I notice is like. Even when I had these guys at my school, like they're high level black belts, and there were certain practices that I had to teach, and they would go in as students, and they were just like, Yes, sir, whatever you say goes. You know, they respected the role. And whenever they were the coach, it was the same thing went back to them. And if it was somebody else was the coach, and the work ethic was just relentless. Um, do, do you think that has to do more with like the Brazilian culture than? Our culture in the United States, no. perhaps. <laughs> I mean, my experience, no, because these guys were always on time. They worked harder than anybody. And that timeliness, as you know, when we go to Brazil, it's like, hey, class starts at noon and 1230. You're like, where's everybody at? So, yeah, uh, yeah that's that's one of the things we have in Brazil. You know, like it's uh, Brazilian time, you know, yeah. like when you go to Brazil, drink is on Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have you have to 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 be able that you know I'm not I'm not Brazilian time I yeah. you know you're Rodrigo time <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm I'm on time you know like yeah. I like and uh, but Brazil it's you know the class is gonna be an hour and a half and go two two and a half but you know that's uh I Rodrigo think Rodrigo always wears a watch yeah uh, Rodrigo like, all the time time to go time to work yeah like. Back the time, I remember, you know, when you learn jiu-jitsu, it's like Brazilian time. Okay, the class starts 6. Okay, 6.30 starts. So, supposed to be an hour and a half. You go for two hours. You stay on the mat three hours. So, but I say, I learned so much with that, you know, because, okay, I was lucky to have that time to be on the mat. You know, I choose that. I want to be on the mat. And, uh, but it was also was important for us because... In Brazil, uh, it's not any place you have a big facility, big academy. Caleb was uh, in Brazil with me in 2012. So Nova, it's a very small place. Now they have a big facility, yes, but they, they still work in the old facility. It was like a lot of people on the mat. So that means you have to wait for... To get to have a chance to spar, you know, and uh, sometimes take ten minutes. You're in the wall, wait for, and. Uh, well, I mean, when we were there, there was probably sixty people in class, and when it was time to roll, there was maybe seven or eight bases, you know, yes. seven eight guys. So you had sixty people had to rotate through seven guys, you know, seven high level black belts. Um, you know, first guy going, you'd have to go by rank and wait. Um, and, but that's so common in Brazil. I mean, so like common. Just, you know, you wait for the rolls. And like in America, it's like, I don't have two squares to myself. <laughs> well, my that space. was, uh, I remember when um, Pejon did the white belt camp and he kind of uh, separated out the colored belts from the white belts. And he kind of he kind of ran things in that way. There were four groups and there were lines and we we're doing deep half and passing. Mm -hmm. And 
it was just I love how um, he does his private lessons too. Okay, you're on the agility ball. Now you're doing gi pull ups. Yeah. Now you're doing this choke. Oh, you forgot the choke. More gi pull ups. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I totally regret asking him to show me spider guard. And the last private lesson I did with him, I left and my knuckles were bleeding. Yeah. yeah. And uh, every time I would mess up on a technique, he went, Run. get back up there. And yeah. I just gi pull ups till my hands yeah. are just giving out. Yeah, um, like most jujitsu private lessons, you know, like when you're finished, you're like, "Oh man, I'm ready for a nap. That was a good time." Like Rodrigo, very like, intellectually oh, dear stimulated. God, dear God, is it over yet? I mean, it just he d- he he did, and um, but you know, I took from that, and that is what I do with my competitors more than anything. You know, I mean, if I had somebody coming to me that I, they're never going to compete, they're more into hobby and self defense. I, I might not do that, but a lot of people that do private lessons with me are also competitors and want to compete, uh, and we'll blend it in. And um, yeah. if we're training for big events, we're doing uh, circuits with that type of stuff. And I think it helps uh, filter out people yes. that think they want to be competitors. Like, I want to be a competitor. I want to be a world champ. You're like, really? I don't think you do. Let's, let's grab this medicine ball and yeah. get to work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Let's go ahead and wrap this up, guys. I, I really appreciate, appreciate you coming on, Flavio. Um, again, I'm looking forward to uh, training with you. Uh, always a pleasure to have um, any instructor in our school. Always a uh, pleasure having Caleb down as well. Uh, looking forward to showing you the academy and uh, seeing what you think about it. So um, we'll uh, wrap it up here, and uh, we'll see, get this out to all our listeners. And, again, thank you guys for making the trip down. Yeah, thank you so much. And, uh once again, uh, I'm so happy to be here again in Arkansas, you know, to see you guys and uh, to see um, I'm five years, you know, uh, not coming here, but uh, to have a chance to see some stuff. Like yesterday, I saw some students with white belt today, they were purple belt. They give me a hard time. They check me out. So it's very nice. You know, that's that's jujitsu. You know, that's that that's I looking for. I'm. Uh, the the way I like to teach, I like to to see my student better than me. The students because when they don't chuck me out, they don't pass my guard, they don't sweep me. It's I feel like, especially you know, it, English is not my first language, and I don't speak you know perfectly. So I feel like, okay, they didn't understand. You know, first thing they didn't understand. What, what I want, you know, like when they come and okay, I pass your guard the way I want, and uh, I get a chuck. I feel like okay, they understand, they learn. So that's the point, you know. That's really important for us to coach, you know. For me, I've been around that for so many years. So I every day I try to work so hard to, you know. To have my student better than me, that's that's I want, you know. That's that's my my goal and keep going and change their life, you know. If they looking forward to compete, okay, let's go to compete, you know. And I'm gonna push me to compete as well. If they wanna just for lifestyle, that's nice. If they wanna lose weight, let's working hard. So always like I try to give my best for them and uh, and. Uh, to to be surprised for them when they come with some chugs or armbar for me it's it's really nice it's really nice to be here again to see you guys like before was blue belt today you know brown belt another one black belt that's the evaluation that that's very nice and that tomorrow after two three years 
for sure you're going to have somebody here in that chair, you know, with white belt and going to talk with you like a black belt. That's very nice. That's the progress in jiu-jitsu and uh, jiu-jitsu is growing. That's the important. More people train jiu-jitsu. That's better for us, you know. Yes, sir. All right. Signing off. <laughs>